Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look out, something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs> Welcome everyone, I'm Corey. And I'm Brian, and this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show. That's what it is! Happy Harvest Horror Show. Where we talk about everything spooky, creepy, uncanny, Halloween, Halloween adjacent, fall, uh, uh autumn leave, uh, <laughs> synonym. Pump- pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> We got it all. So welcome. Uh, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you here. Brian. Hi. How spooky has your week been? Oh, it's been pretty spooky. I've got some stuff I can talk about. This week, I mentioned in our introductory episode that I am a big fan of horror soundtracks and I follow and I collect them and I've got a couple that came out this week, or at least the pre-order did. Um, there's this great company in new Orleans called waxwork records and they do really great remasters and reissues of horror soundtracks on vinyl. And this week they came out with uh, new issues of the fog and escape from New York, both John Carpenter movies who did Halloween. If you're uninitiated in John Carpenter and the art is so cool. It looks so great. So I'm that's been kind of on my mind. I'm very excited. I can't wait to get my hands on these and listen to them. And I also found, I thought you thought we might think this is interesting. There was also this super niche release of a company. Uh, it was Kadabra Records. And they did a Wicker Man audio play production. So it's the like the 70s Wicker Man movie, but they've done an audio play performance of it and they're pressing it on vinyl and there was only 50 oh. issues. And I was like, this is way too niche of a thing for me to <laughs> not get. And I, you know, and I don't imagine I'm going to be like listening to this a lot more than, you know, it's still radio play, but I think it's going to be really cool and really fun because that movie is pretty scary. Yeah, that's intriguing. Yeah. Um, it's very um, full core. If anyone liked Midsummer, it owes a lot to The Wicker Man, that movie. I so. still haven't seen Midsummer. I'm, which is absurd. It's absurd that I haven't seen it. Um, it's good. I think you'd like it. I know. A lot of people have said that to me, and I think I would too, but I'm like afraid of it. I'm like afraid to watch Midsummer. <laughs> I don't think you should be. I, I, I've had multiple conversations about this movie that I thought it was just such... I felt great leaving the theater because it's such... <laughs> It's such a cathartic release. You, you, you felt know? rejuvenated after Midsummer. <laughs> that was an exorcism of a lot of feelings, and I'm I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it is you know not always pleasant to look at, but yeah, that's horror. I just I mean, I also you know fear is like the only when you're afraid of something, it makes it like so much more worse. You know, I should probably just watch it because in in my head, it's 
probably a lot worse, worse than, than you it think. Yeah, is. than it actually yeah. is. Yeah. What did you did you see his first movie? Are he's hereditary? No. No. I think that's a lot scarier than this one. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, we are we are both sides of the Happy Harvest Horror Show. We you got the Happy Harvest and I'm the horror show. <laughs> For real. I mean, kind of though. We've talked about this before. I love scary movies. I don't like like tortury things. That's like sure. my weird like I love like like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies is The Witch. I fucking oh, love that God. movie. Top ten so for sure. Good. It's so good. And it's dark as hell. So, like, I like dark, but I have a very, like, clear line (laughs) where it's, like, a dark that I like and a dark that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we've had this conversation, too, probably in Salem when we had that Salem trip. I think we talked about this where I kind of perceive it as just kind of a... Um, a taste sort of thing. If you're, mm-hmm. if you, if you got the the palate for it, yeah. Um, and I also appreciate and very much enjoy campier horror movies. Like I love Scream. I love the Scream <sighs> franchise. Did you see Scream Five? Was uh, has been teased? No. Courtney Cox, David Arquette, they're all coming no back. Way. Yeah, January no 2022. Way. They're on on Instagram or or Twitter, any social media. They've now just then this little tease of just the mask, the ghost face mask. Oh my God. That's exciting. Can't wait. Love scream. It's a little sad that Wes Craven is not doing it because sadly he passed a few years ago, but I'm happy that the movies still keep going. Yeah. That uh, that's what we need. We need another scream. (laughs) Oh God. We (laughs) We need that in the world right now. (laughs) It'd be fascinating to see how they do it too. Cause scream kind of what's so beautiful about it is it's a horror movie while also deconstructing horror movies and each one, you know, like the first one was just horror movies. Four, they were deconstructing horror reboots because that's what horror was kind of doing then. And so I wonder what the fifth one will be. Yeah. Kind of deconstructing. I remember, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember actually being really happy with the fourth, like, final movie. I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm a, and I'm a stickler for like an ending. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought I remember it kind of wrapping things up really nicely. But I, then again, it's been a long time since I've watched them. I think a scream marathon is definitely in my future oh. this week. Yes. Yes. So good. And also a scream franchise episode, I think is in. Oh, the that'd be great. At, episode. Some, yeah. at some point. Speaking of horror films, Yesterday, I was so I was actually working on a project for Art History Babes, my other podcast content creation platform. Yeah, um, I'm working on <laughs> I'm working on our first TikTok video. We opened a TikTok account. Oh no! And I'm I'm <laughs> doing and and I I ran a poll on Instagram, and our listeners want this like really bad. I'm doing a video where I do a art historical analysis of research montages in the Twilight series. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I was working on the research for that. (laughs) Talk about zooming into the max of like such a specific thing. (laughs) I know. This says we're going to research for that. And there's, there's one image in the first movie and it's, it's a play on classic vampire movies. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like the um, black and white, very classic scene of like a vampire about to bite a woman who is like laid out across like a bed or a couch, you know? 
And I was like, okay, I want to find out where this image came from, art historical brain. And mm-hmm. so I started looking into images of like a similar setup from classic horror movies, which mm-hmm. brought me to just a list of classic horror movies, which brought me to realizing I had never seen Nosferatu. <gasps> so I watched Nosferatu yesterday. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's, it was fun. Like, classic silent movies are interesting and just always kind of a different experience, you know, when you're just like kind of listening to the organ music for like an hour and a half. And Mm -hmm. like, um, I definitely had fun. I'm definitely just, you know, I'm a very visual person. I'm a very image based person. So I had a lot of fun, like screenshotting and like finding really cool shots and like cool things that the director did with it and stuff. So I, it kind of became more of like a, I don't know, creative viewing of it. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was, it was good. It was fun. I did go into a little bit of the history, though. I started researching Nosferatu a little bit. You yeah. guys are getting a really solid understanding of how my brain works on a daily basis. This is just, <laughs> these are just the holes Deep I go down. Deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. But then I started researching Nosferatu a little bit. So found some really just interesting information about like the making of the film, but also found out that it's like, anti-semitic so that's a bummer Mm -hmm. that sucks a lot but yeah so so that kind of tarnished the whole (laughs) yeah the whole experience a little bit it is definitely a book or not a book a movie of a different time but oh yeah 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 i think what's really fascinating about there's a lot of things fascinating about that movie it's you know early german expressionism it's it's also one of the the kind of the pioneers of modern horror, that movie, which I mentioned in Spooky Corner. This is a really great book called Wasteland, which Todd talks about, makes this correlation between the Great War, World War One, and tying it to origins of modern horror movies. And with this movie, Nosferatu, when troops were coming back from the war, comedies and romances weren't selling, people weren't going, but suddenly Nosferatu came out and everyone went out and saw Nosferatu. That makes sense. Because suddenly these comedies don't look like what life is as you see it anymore, but Nosferatu does, which is fascinating. And also Nosferatu, they wanted to do Dracula, but they couldn't get the rights. So yeah, they- it, I mean, it basically is Dracula. It's like. Dracula, yeah. <laughs> it is the story of Dracula. Like there was a whole legal battle about it, which interestingly is why you can't find just like one straight cut of the movie. Like there's multiple versions and they're all, they all have different slides for the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, the word slides, like the slides that have the words on them. Title cards. Like, Yeah, the title cards. There we go. The title cards change both in style and in the actual wording um, because like there was this whole legal battle over the film and Mm -hmm. then the original got destroyed or something. But there had been I I don't remember exactly what happened, but it had been retrieved. And then like people had to kind of piece it back together. And like so there are all these different versions that look a little different. It's a hell of a movie. You should go check it out. Yep, yep, yep. So that that was my my big spooky thing. I also watched this little uh, series of shorts that are on Hulu called The House. Have you watched this? No, I don't think I have. I don't think I've even heard of it. Um, I mean, it's fun. It's I mean, it's like I think it's rated like TV fourteen. So it's you know it's it's definitely spooky, but it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's not like super super dark, but it's it's dark and it's just a series of like seven shorts like seven minute videos. Actually, a couple of them are only like three minutes. And so altogether, it's under an hour to watch the whole thing. And in terms of like 
criticism like it's kind of choppy the storytelling but Mm -hmm. the whole idea is one it's an homage to just horror in general Mm -hmm. like the horror genre each little short is kind of focused on a different horror trope and then the storyline is basically like this haunted house like demonic house whatever this house that was built from the wood of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is Whoa. the concept. Yeah. So it goes it goes like it it goes like into the future and then it goes into the past. They're trying to do a lot with like very little time. <laughs> it looks cool though. I just look while yeah, you're yeah. talking about it, I looked it up and I found it the house, a Hulu Halloween anthology. And it's, it's totally worth watching. On like my I, list now. Yep. I, I had fun. Like it was literally like a, I don't know, it was like a few days ago and I was like really stressed out and I had gotten to bed with some like chamomile tea and watched this like <laughs> cute little horror thing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, it's good. It's worth watching. It's worth watching. All right. Well, I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, we should probably share our story. Oh yeah. Which leads into our topic of the day. Exactly, exactly. So Brian and I had a very uh, same wavelength moment. I'll start with my side. So last week, I woke up and I just like had an urge to go get coffee, like go get myself a latte, which I like do not do anymore at all. Very rarely. I, I typically just make coffee at home. But it's been a really, really long time, like a couple of months since I've gone to Starbucks or gone to a coffee shop and got a latte. But I just like woke up and I was like, I really want an ice latte. I want some espresso and I'm going to treat myself. That was my plan for the day. And then I had this like moment while I was getting ready to like go. I was like, oh, I wonder if the PSL is out yet. Like I wonder if pumpkin spice latte is out. And then so I Googled it and it came out that day. It came out last Tuesday August 25th. And so I, yeah, I went and I got my pumpkin spice latte iced because it's still kind of hot and, and it was wonderful. And then later, like a day later, I talked to Brian and, and I had a very similar experience, except mine was a little more, (laughs) even more specific. I remember waking up that morning, looking at my girlfriend and saying, I think the pumpkin spice latte might be out soon. (laughs) Like verbatim said that. Got on my phone, Googled and said, saw, oh, it came out today. And so we got got in the car, went and got it. Oh, I think we actually, instead of the latte, we got the the pumpkin spice cold brew. Have you gotten oh, that I one? Want, yet? I want to try that. that oh, that good. came out just I think last year. I think it's really new, but I think it's so good. It's just the pumpkin spices in the cream instead of the coffee. So it's mm-hmm. just this like, mm. but yeah, we were sharing these stories of both at the same time. Right when they came out, the collective consciousness in the universe was like, pumpkin spice is out. Get out there. Yeah, literally. Like, it literally, like, woke us up. Like, we were tapped in to the pumpkin spice vibration. And it literally I could feel like, it, woke us up. <laughs> gave into it. Gave my body over to the pumpkin spice. Oh, man. So good. So good. Yeah. Which led us to listen, you know, to the universe's calling. And now we're we're recording an episode on the PSL on pumpkin spice on everyone's favorite autumnal flavor. The pumpkin spice latte and pumpkin spice and everything nice. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll kind of go into, yeah, we're going to do a little, little deep dive. And I know our Happy Harvest Horror Show, it's everything Halloween adjacent. So even though this isn't very spooky, it is definitely Halloween adjacent. This comes oh, one yeah. time a year and it's now. So buckle up. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there are lots of places that just kind of really extend the pumpkin spice flavor or i've definitely been in some oh, like for sure mom and pop coffee shops that just like always have it and which i do appreciate because i also am that person who like randomly in like may is like i i need something pumpkin spice today <laughs> oh i mean i you know live that halloween is everyday life and i think pumpkin should just be around year round I don't think there's any reason it shouldn't be. But we'll talk about why it's only available now. And there is a big financial incentive to having oh, yeah. it only right now. Let's start with the history of just the PSL. Like sure. Pumpkin spice latte. Okay. Okay. So uh, Bustle.com did a whole story on the history of the PSL. Oh, yeah, this uh, is what I looked at too. This was a good article. It was a very good article. It's particular to the Starbucks origins. Um, the article is by Lucia Peters and Mia Mercado. It's a, it's a good article. And first and foremost, like obviously Starbucks isn't the first, the CEO of Starbucks isn't the first person to put coffee and, and pumpkin together. However, the popularity of the pumpkin spice latte is largely due to Starbucks. Like yeah. there is a very clear connection. Yep. I was actually surprised by this. Starbucks started selling the PSL in 2003. Yeah. That seems pretty recent, right? I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was later. I kind of feel like it's been around forever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's been so ingrained at this time of year this is when you get the pumpkin stuff that in my you know 30 years on this earth i it's hard to remember a time we didn't have it see i so like i feel you there i definitely have always felt pumpkin spice this year but the actual pumpkin spice latte i don't remember i don't know i don't feel like i remember them really being a thing like back when i was in high school i i felt like it was more of like a college thing when i was well i think well yeah definitely more of a college thing because i think we were drinking a lot more coffee at that time but <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but yeah in 2003 is when it started based off of and it started in 2003 because of the success of the previous holiday season where they introduced mm -hmm. the peppermint mocha and that was an experiment of doing a seasonal drink available just at this certain time of year. And it was a huge hit and it continues to be a hit. Peppermint mochas. I love those. Oh yeah, they're good. And they're so good. the next year they were like, let's, let's do a little research. Let's try to figure out what's the next seasonal cash grab we can make. And they hunkered down in what they call the liquid lab, which is on the seventh yes. floor in the Seattle Starbucks headquarters. And they started. I love, I love that it's like this top secret room and it sounds like a like super trendy mixology style bar. The liquid. I lab, bet it is. I know? bet it's so high security there. It's like mission oh impossible God, trying to figure out what's what the, what the next, next flavor PSL be. <laughs> is. So in this headquarters during the year leading up to the fall season of 2003, they started surveying customers with potential recipes and they had a list of about 20 recipes and pumpkin spice was amongst them. Most of the rest of the list was a lot of caramel and chocolate recipes. Yeah, and it actually didn't do very well in the survey. No. The concept of a pumpkin pie latte, people weren't like stoked on. They just didn't get it. But somehow it still made it to like the mock-up tasting 
stage to where, yeah, it actually, they decided to, to try it out anyway, even though it didn't do well in the survey. Yeah, it said that they had four options that they introduced. It was down to like three. And they, the testers were like, I don't know, there's something about this very specific high flavor, <laughs> you know, drink. Mm-hmm. Let's put this in here anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then there's there's a story, according to uh, Starbucks company lore. Oh, I love that. that Starbucks is- lore <laughs> and the grimoire that is stuff Starbucks. <laughs> um, that apparently researchers actually sat around and ate pumpkin pie and drank espresso to find that perfect mix of of flavors, which makes perfect sense to me. I mean, that's probably what I would mm-hmm. do too, to find out what actually works together. And they came to realize one of the key components is to use a pumpkin sauce, Mm -hmm. not a pumpkin syrup. And I, uh, for one, feel like I should weigh in because I spent many, 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 many early mornings and afternoons and evenings <laughs> of baristaing in several different coffee shops. Like, I don't even know how many coffee shops I've worked at. Like five, I think. Five or six. And through college, I did in grad school. I even was like working as a barista for a while last year. Like, it's just, it seems to follow me. But this is huge. The The pumpkin syrups that are just like sugary syrup, it does not work. It does not taste good with the coffee flavor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes very synthetic. It doesn't have that same delicious cozy flavor that you're looking for. But pumpkin sauce is heavier. It's creamier. It just works better with the kind of bitterness of espresso. Mm-hmm. And, and it creates just like this cozier feeling, the feeling that the the latte was trying to uh, incite within us, right, of like being all cozy and bundled up with like a piece of pumpkin pie and like a cup of coffee. Yeah. That was the idea. And even furthermore, they had high levels of these flavors, right? They have both this the pumpkin and the, the other spices. And so two try to replicate that feeling of having a mouthful of pumpkin pie. So to people who think it's a flavor explosion, that is by design. Oh, yes, definitely. Also, just I actually haven't done this, but I've seen I've seen like YouTube videos and I don't know, probably on like Pinterest and shit. Uh, people that have made recipes to make your own more natural whole foods type sauce mixture to do your own pumpkin spice latte mm-hmm. where you can use actual pumpkin and like literally make it like a pumpkin pie in like your mouth. Like a pumpkin pie in your mouth. And I think you you just stumbled on a really fun fact too, that from 2003 to 2015, this pumpkin spice latte recipe did not include any pumpkin. There's oh. a lot of spices, but no pumpkin. And uh, that changed in 2015 to the present where they have now added pumpkin puree to that delicious cup of heaven. <laughs> That everyone universally agrees is a delicious cup of heaven. There's no debate. There's no, no one disagrees. I actually saw this uh, tweet the other day that was like, can we all just let people have their pumpkin spice flavor this year? Yes, thank you. It's like, it's 2020. Let people have their autumnal flavor. Just let people have it. I don't know if you ran into this in the research, uh, but I certainly did. I read all these articles, all written by these historians of the pumpkin spice latte with their nose pointed (laughs) sky high 
like just having so much judgment over oh this craze oh when will it end is it finally going away pumpkin spice i'm like geez it's it's flavor people like it like let people like and it really is such a just like an innocent joy like it really does just bring people joy in a very kind of silly way like why why is that a problem you know yeah Come on. Just, yeah, let people have their autumnal flavor. It's fine. It's fine. It's not hurting, hurting you. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's helping you. That cup of sugar is... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, that cup of sugar before it was known as the pumpkin spice latte or oh, the yeah. hashtag PSL was almost called the fall harvest latte. Which is a fun name, but... The fuck does that tell you about the drink? You know, <laughs> not a goddamn thing. Not Never a goddamn it. thing. So it's now called the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, it is. I mean, like that name. I'm like, oh, that sounds cozy. That sounds nice. But you, you still have no. But the first idea. thing you would ask is like, okay, so what's in it though? Yeah, what's it taste like? Like what? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And to a mercy of every barista everywhere, they changed the name. Yes, yes. Also, a fun thing I found that uh, if you didn't know, the PSL has an Instagram and a Twitter account. With tens of thousands of followers, <laughs> even though they haven't tweeted since 2018. Yeah, the Instagram hasn't been updated in a long time either. But what I found particularly interesting is that they are verified accounts, which is like, how the fuck do you verify <laughs> A beverage. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just drink it. It's real. It's right there. It's verified. <laughs> Checks out. Looks good. PSL. Keep it, keep it up, man. Doing great. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Starbucks definitely. Uh, definitely helped make the pumpkin spice latte like the sensation, what it is today. I would not credit them with like all pumpkin flavored things by any means, but they did very much make the pumpkin spice latte into what it is today. And Starbucks has made an estimated $1.4 billion off of the pumpkin spice latte. That's a lot of money. That's a crazy amount of money. So much money. And you're right. They did not create pumpkin flavoring at all. But we have- Or pumpkin. Starbucks. Starbucks. In that liquid lab, we're like, we need something. (laughs) Maybe a different gourd. Um, (laughs) Something that maybe we could use for jack-o'-lanterns too. I don't know. We this Even though they did not create the flavor, I think- it's not hyperbolic to say that they are they should be given credit for the the craze of this fall times like limited time pumpkin offerings of products though right that this i think probably the the trader joe's pumpkin everything you have pumpkin cleaning supplies now you have pumpkin but they're only available for this time of year and it's probably no mistake that it's because starbucks has made 1.4 billion dollars off of this since it's exactly i mean it's exactly like it's late capitalism doing what late capitalism does, right? Like that's exactly exactly what's going on here. And with that, I I do want to, just a friendly reminder, Starbucks doesn't really need your money. Hell no. There's so many other pumpkin flavored coffee drinks. Yeah. And also most 
local, locally owned coffee shops, you know, they jump on the trend this time of year. They have a pumpkin spice latte. And if especially like that trend, you know, that trendy coffee shop down the block or whatever, they're probably going to have a better pumpkin spice latte. Oh, I bet they are. Yeah. So, you know, try and buy local when you can. Try and help out those local businesses and also just try different pumpkin spice lattes because they do taste a little different and have different mixtures and things. And it's also, you can, as I mentioned before, you can also just get creative and try and make your own at home. Like that's a fun creative project. You sure can. All it takes is activity. the right combination of cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, ginger, cloves, and however much pumpkin you want to put in it. There you go. There you go. Be your own barista. Do it. Do it yourself. <laughs> DIY. So that's, yeah, that's the, the Starbucks history of it. What if we go back we a can little do it. further? We can and go I buy back. It a little further. I, I'm kind of going spice trade back because <laughs> that's where you're really going to find the inception of these, the real spices that make up a pumpkin spice. Yes. Uh, history.com actually did a little article on the history of the pumpkin spice. And uh, they traced it back to ancient pottery shards in Indonesia, mm-hmm. which is, to be fair, is not fully pumpkin spice. There was not this like... No, it was just was, nutmeg. Yes, it was a key ingredient to pumpkin spice, which is nutmeg. And nutmeg can be traced back approximately 3,500 years. Also, mm-hmm. just um, just a reminder to y'all out there, make sure when you're like doing internet research that you do, even if it is just kind of fun, silly stuff like this, that you do a little bit of fact checking because... I had that history article, and then I also found another article that was kind of a lot of the same information, mm-hmm. and it was like on a blog, and it was it was a very nicely written article, but they put that it was thirty five thousand years old. That's um, a difference. That's and thirty thirty five hundred <laughs> versus thirty five thousand, very different, but also like since the dawn of man, yeah. we have. <laughs> We have been following in the wake of pumpkin. Yeah, we have had pumpkin spice since the dawn of man. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Fact checking's good, but also like time isn't real. So like whatever, do what you want. But I just wanted to. <laughs> whatever, yeah. I just want to put that out there. Like I think always double checking your sources is good. It's a good thing to do. Good habit to be in. So yeah, 3,500 years, nutmeg, Indonesia. That's mm-hmm. where we were. Yep, and the specifically these islands in that which are now in Indonesia, the Banda Islands, where they found the ceramic pottery with the residue on them, and these would be shipped to Asia, and which would be sold to the Middle East and North Africa, and from there they would transport to Europe, which really wanted this stuff. Really wanted it. You get the spice trade, and so by the 1300s, fast forward. From not from the Donald Man, a little a little more recent. <laughs> the the tariffs on trade were so high that at one point a pound of nutmeg in Europe cost seven fattened oxen. And it was more valuable than the commodity. And don't gold. be don't be giving me those skinny oxen either. They gotta no, be fattened oxen. Like seven big old oxen <laughs> is worth a pound of nutmeg. That's a lot. That's a lot. I- that is a lot. The spice trade's interesting. I'm not going to claim that I've done a ton of research 
on it. But yeah, just like flavor, man, the things people will do for flavor, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why you read in these articles that people are like, those pumpkin spice latte. I'm like, you, b- back then, this was everything. <laughs> I know. I'm not, I am not trading my seven fattened oxen for a PSL, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm spending I, maybe just a little more than I would usually spend on a coffee, but I'm not <laughs> giving away my like savings here. Like, so <laughs> calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just enjoy this. Oh, man. Did you find any more that you wanted to add? I was just going to say also interesting, just also speaks to the desire for spices. Interestingly, the Dutch traded the island of well, currently Manhattan, um, you know, at, at one point New Amsterdam. They traded the island of Manhattan to Britain. In exchange for Pulau Run, which was um, an island, a nutmeg-producing Banda Island, over which Britain claimed control. So we're talking colonialism here, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, like, hella colonialism. But, yeah, so the Dutch traded Manhattan for this small uh, nutmeg-producing island. Which I think is worth it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I did a little more, like you said, with the 35,000 too. I did, I I looked at a few more articles too. And obviously it wasn't solely for this island that made nutmeg. There was, there were some other things going on around this time. That was, that was definitely part of it that they, that was part of the trade of giving up New Amsterdam to Britain. They got this nutmeg island, Mm -hmm. which is now Indonesia. Um, And from there, I found that the earliest mention of pumpkin spice, so not just nutmeg, combination of all of them to make pumpkin spice, was published in the New York Post in 1936 for pumpkin spice cakes. Mm, Delicious. And up until the 1950s, recipes like that one actually did contain pumpkin not like these uh, these these frauds like uh, 2003 to 2015 Starbucks. <laughs> and, but that did change when big spice companies like McCormick began packaging the blend and selling it as pumpkin pie spice and then shortened to pumpkin spice in the 60s. Yes, and pumpkin pie spice is good stuff just to have on hand. I love just sprinkling it on on different things. Get a little, you know, like on some yogurt. On or... some pizza. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Some um, Alfredo. <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin spice, chicken Alfredo. People Back would to... really lose their minds if that started being normalized. That, I, But like, I don't know. There is may- some... Maybe it's good. I don't know. Exactly. Because like, I, I mean, when you really think maybe not like pumpkins. Well, I don't know. Maybe because like I've definitely had some pumpkin dishes. Like I, one of my favorites, Um, I went, this is like one of my, my most upscale dining experiences of all time. But I went to a restaurant in Napa that was like a Michelin star rated restaurant. Um, I know I was being bougie as fuck. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, and this was a quite a few years back, like five years ago. And it was in the fall and I had a pumpkin risotto and it was served in a mini pumpkin. Like they, that sounds so good. It was delicious. So like spend a lot of money for that. Probably. (laughs) I think that's part of 
also why people love pumpkin and its versatility is because like you can use it as this dessert, like pumpkin spice, add sugar, you know, this like desserty sweet flavor. But yeah. also, yeah, pumpkin is it's a vegetable. It's a gourd. Like did you, you can, know? Did you, <laughs> were you aware? So the ways to use pumpkin in cooking, like I am no chef by any means, but like you can get really creative with it and people love it. People you can use that it. whole pumpkin too. We could do a whole episode on what to do with your pumpkin. I could spend <laughs> hours on that. But another thing, if you're eating the pumpkin, after you're, uh, you're clearing that pumpkin out for, uh, for jack-o'-lanterns, throw all those seeds in the, in the oven uh, and salt them down. Ah, uh, pumpkin seeds. Yes. Yes. And pumpkin seeds are definitely one of those things for me that definitely remind me of like childhood, like making the pumpkin seeds, roasting them after doing jack-o'-lanterns. Mm-hmm. But in recent years, people get super creative with the different ways you can roast pumpkin seeds or the different flavors you can play with. And there are just so, so many ways to literally spice up your pumpkin seeds. So... Which uh, it's funny you mentioned because Trader Joe's, I found out a few years ago and have been enjoying it since, offers a pumpkin spiced pumpkin seed bag, which just rips a hole in the time space continuum. Uh, <laughs> you go through a wormhole eating them, but it's very delicious. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds great. I did one one time a batch that was like, oh, what was it? Honey cinnamon, maybe that was really good. Ooh. Yeah, honey, like honey cinnamon pumpkin seeds. Those was delicious. Get creative, you cooks out there. There's so, so, so many things to do with the pumpkin that, as we know, was invented by Starbucks in the lab. <laughs> in, the, in the liquid lab. So other, other favorites, other pumpkin flavored goodies. What do you yeah, got? Well- Oh, well, I, I definitely those pumpkin spiced pumpkin seeds. I will go to bat for them. I mm-hmm. would eat them by the handful. Let's see. Oh, if we're thinking about other pumpkin coffee drinks, I'm going to throw a shout out to a um, small coffee company, not big coffee. Get out of here, Starbucks. There is a really cool company called Dead Sled Coffee. They're in New Jersey and you can buy their coffee online. And they have a line of kind of classic horror blends collaborations and there's one called the vincent price pumpkin spice that you can buy year round and it's so good like the coffee is infused in the beans it's not like kind of a coated flavor that you sometimes get on pumpkin coffees and that's that's usually what i go to in the morning yeah definitely shout out to that especially if you are not a fan of the pcl because you can't taste enough coffee which makes sense because that is by design (laughs) over flavor that thing and you'd want more of a coffee flavor definitely check out vincent price pumpkin spice uh pumpkin beers i love pumpkin beers oh yeah good stuff do you have a favorite pumpkin beer i don't know that i have a favorite i'm pretty much like well because that's also the thing is like i feel like uh with pumpkin beer most places this time of year you'll go places and they might have like one pumpkin beer and like i'm just like i'm just happy that to have it you know i'm just like happy Mm -hmm. with whatever they have but i do remember when we were in salem last year they had like so many pumpkin beers like there were so many there were so many it was so good didn't you get like a pumpkin like white Russian too. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. It's so good. I wanted to throw up, but you <laughs> loved it. It's so good. I I do enjoy white Russians just as is. But so if you are a fan of the white Russian, I mean it's basically an 
cold alcoholic PSL is what it is. Cause like a white Russian is vodka cream Kahlua. So it has where it loses me. I feel like (laughs) milk and vodka. I'm already like, (laughs) well, it's not like it's like a ton of cream, but like, yeah, it's vodka Kahlua with some cream. That's a white Russian. But what they do for the pumpkin white Russians is they add pumpkin liqueur. It still has a little bit of a coffee flavor. And then it has the pumpkin liqueur, which I also really enjoy. I have pumpkin liqueur right now. That stuff's also very sweet and very heavy. So like you can just drink it on the rocks, but it's kind of a lot. So I think it's a lot better in mixed drinks. Definitely. So yeah, pumpkin white Russian for sure. I like it. There, it, New Belgium has a pumpkin beer called Pump Kick that ever since college, that's been my kind of go-to because it's got a nice nice pumpkin, all-spice kind of flavor, but also it's got cranberry in it. So it's got this kind oh, of... Oh, um, that's It's fun. great. I think it's so good. There's something about that flavor that's really good. But if you're, you're mentioning liqueur, there is, this is again, the, the shout out to another place, but there there's one in LA and in New York. There's a place called the Beetle House, which is a bar that I think I took you to. Did we go yeah. to the Beetle House? Yeah, yeah. we totally it, did. It's a Tim Burton themed bar. Yeah, and they have great. a drink. Yeah, they have a drink called This is Halloween, which is a mixture of fireball, sour apple, pumpkin liqueur, and apple cider that oh, oh my I God. just... <laughs> could drink by the gallon um, fireball fuck <laughs> and every time i introduced it to people that's the first thing they say they taste it and go that's fireball and i'm like yeah but fireball is just one of those alcohols that like and and i feel like this is a pretty universal experience like it it brings everyone to a very specific time and place <laughs> like, like fireball and if it wasn't too destructive you can still do it. <laughs> exactly. But it's not that it's usually destructive. It was, it was usually a pretty <laughs> destructive memory. Well, I came out the other side alive and ready. <laughs> and so I'm I'm ready for that. This is Halloween drink. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other just go-to pumpkin favorites. I mean, I am that like, I'll try pumpkin spice, just about anything. I do like some of the like uh, pumpkin spice cereals, like, um, Mm -hmm. uh, like Kellogg's does a pumpkin spice type special K type thing. And I like Uh that because that's like, it's not too synthetic. Like that's the thing with these kinds of flavors. Like sometimes they can get really synthetic. Speaking of, I've never had them, but I know that they've done pumpkin spice Twinkies. I know that that exists. (laughs) I would try that for sure. (laughs) I also saw this year that speaking of breakfast cereals, Cheerios has a pumpkin spice Cheerio this year. Yep. I saw Um, that. Oh God. I'm going to the store tonight. (laughs) One of, uh, one of my favorites and I can't always find them. Milano cookies. You know, do you oh, know what I'm talking about? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Milano yeah, the oval like Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the the fancy wafers with the chocolate in the middle. They also mm-hmm. do a pumpkin spice one and it's it's a regular Milano, but it has just like a layer of pumpkin spice on it as well. And they are it. so good. So good. I love it. I love this flavor. It's just it's perfect for this time of year. And if you don't like it, it only is here for this time of year. That's the, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or if you don't like it, make your, your own new autumn flavor. Like, like, yeah, you think you're so good. <laughs> yeah. Wh- <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> you can beat the pumpkin. Oh my goodness. Oh, I did want to mention, uh, before we wrap up here, um, just a reference to a classic 
SNL skit from a few years back. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, but they did like a a Autumn's Eve uh, pumpkin pumpkin spice douche commercial. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. Um, so if you are someone that likes making fun of pumpkin spice, you should definitely uh, Google that for a chuckle because it's a good one. I think we should, before we wrap up to throw our, uh, or just throw a bone to pumpkin spice, non-edible things like pumpkin spice candles, yes, uh, yes, which yes. I've, I've definitely gotten in my day. I have one burning right now. Do you really? At very moment. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I do. got a really good one that my girlfriend did not like, but <laughs> it was a very, very potent flavor, but it was it was the, the it was a pumpkin candle that was made for the Halloween 40th anniversary a few years ago, the Halloween movie. And it was such a strong pumpkin flavor. But in this 40th anniversary candle, there was a limited edition pin, collector's pin at the Ooh. bottom of it. And oh, so I for love like, that shit. I love that candles fun? that have shit in them. <laughs> but I just couldn't wait to get the pin. So I just had that thing burning for like fucking three days. You know, <laughs> the whole house just smelled like pumpkin um and then i got the pin it was a cool pin but it i was at a candle so that's the balance of the universe right there is, is what it you just gives described. and it takes you know <laughs> and pumpkin um, yeah. is no exception no exception yeah pumpkin spice candles i spend quite a bit of money on them every season they're definitely a, a treat what else what are some other things non-edible pumpkin spice things you can get pumpkin spiced cleaning supplies that's wild. I have not experienced that yet. I don't know. I thought it was wild too, but then I thought you want the scent and cleaning supplies so your kitchen smells like that scent, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I want my kitchen to smell like pumpkin. Yeah, no, I, I understand the logic. The lemon fresh scent, it says mm-hmm. like this is clean, right? I don't know that pumpkin says to me this I is I don't know. Clean. I want my kitchen to say this is pumpkin. <laughs> well then that's what the candle's for. <laughs> Yeah, it's this true. Is, this is pumpkin. <laughs> what about my countertops? I want that to be pumpkin too. <laughs> Not my toilet bowl. This is pumpkin. I, yeah, I can't really think of anything else though that's non-edible. I saw some some out there pumpkin. This one is edible, questionable. But there's a pumpkin spice spam. Oh. So if you're a spam lover, oh my god, you can get uh, you can get that spam mixture that concoction with pumpkin spice now oh my god that does not sound good at all yeah Yeah. oh dang so so see even even a hardcore pumpkin lover we have our limits we have our limits exactly like sometimes it just doesn't work i think that's all i have to say about the classic autumnal flavor that is pumpkin spice yeah spoken for what half hour about pumpkin spice i think that's more than a lot of people do yeah, <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. And, and I know, hope we've given you some information and people say, hey, pumpkin spice latte is back. You can go, hey, here's the whole history of it real quick. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode. This is a fun. This is a fun. Happy harvest element. Yeah. But it's uh, a balance. There's both both in the fall season. Spookies and comfort. For real. And that's. I mean, for me personally, that's why I adore this time of year so much. But I think I think that that might be something for a lot of people. It's just such an interesting balance of of feeling 
comfortable and cozy and also terrified, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do we mix these two things together? Like, that seem so contradictory, but it just works and it's the best. We're, We're comfy. We feel safe being scared. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye.